this school year is often full of mixed emotions for kids. Most are eager to see their friends and meet new teachers. Many are equally nervous and anxious about it all. After such an unusual last year and a half, as well as new health and safety requirements, the transition into the 21-22 school year may bring many of these emotions on more intensely. How can parents and other caregivers help support their children and each other, and how can communities help support families? Thanks for joining us for the Encompass Parent Talks podcast. I'm Sam Sinanan, Family Services Manager, and we'll be hearing some tips from a behavioral health professional from Encompass. First, Two mothers share their experiences as their kids headed back to school this month. Faith has two sons, ages six and eight, and Caitlin also has two sons, ages eight and 10. So both of my kids went back to school during that, you know, the part day, part week, part year, the mid of last school year. And I was really able to see how the teachers were managing the kids in their masks and the line spacing. And you could always see the classroom windows were open. And um, in talking with the kids when they we went outside for mask breaks, being able to see that last year really gave me a lot of confidence in the school district and the teachers in being able to use all the strategies that the Department of Health and the CDC have put out to help prevent COVID spread in schools. So just having been able to see that, I was worried in in light of the of the Delta variant, but um, being able to see what the school had done last year and that they were what they were continuing to do really helped alleviate that worry. Yeah, my kids, um, obviously my youngest child wasn't in the district yet, but my oldest one actually went to P3, the parent partnership program. So he, he went back also, but it was only about an hour ish twice a week. And it was only for about a month or two at most. So a little bit different. So I didn't have exposure to what the gen ed schools, um, the elementary schools in the area were doing. So I did have a lot of concerns and a little anxiety about sending them back some immunocompromised people in the family that type of thing I really had to balance in my mind you know what I thought was best for them and when it came down to it I feel like they're for my family their mental and emotional health was going to be most important and in-person school was how they we were going to accomplish that So it was worth the risk to me. And now that we're there, we're being very well taken care of. I know that it's not without risk and there are, you know, some cases popping up, but I I feel pretty good about it. And my kids are happier than they've been in a really long time. And our educators are doing an amazing job. So it's definitely worth the risk for my family. How did your kids feel about going back to school? They were really excited. I told them, oh, I will drive you to school. And they said, oh, no, it's okay. We'll just take the bus. I just wanted to just get back to things as they were. That's awesome to hear that they were so excited. That's really cool. Mine being a little younger, didn't really know what to expect. But day one was a huge success. Uh, These two weeks have been a huge success. We have excellent teachers. I feel like our school is really prepared for the students and knowing that they're coming back from COVID. So we really haven't had any hiccups except beforehand they were nervous and the kindergartner didn't want to enter the building because mom can't enter and the second grader, you know, held the hand and said, I'll take you, which was really sweet. Oh, I'm so glad they were able to help each other. It kind of helped with us too as a 
fifth grader was just like, oh, it's, you know, same old thing for school and then brought the first grader along and their teachers have been just wonderful, really great communication. Like you said, we can't go into the buildings, you know, a drop off or pickup. And so they've been really great about communicating how things are going, what they're doing in school, which was a change from last year. I think that teachers were really over, over screened and were just kind of maxed out on computer time. And so we got fewer emails, but we're getting a lot more this year. I think just because teachers have more kind of space to be able to do that. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. Communication is definitely up this year. I think as a former educator myself, they really want to, you know, create bonds with the parents. I, I assume, you know, they're getting those meetings behind the scenes uh, because we can't go in the classroom. And that's a really hard thing, especially with a kindergartner or a preschooler. You can't see the classroom. You can't meet the teacher. It's a whole different ball game. But luckily, everyone's been amazing and the kids are really resilient. Have you run into any challenges at home that have happened? You know, like the kids are fine at school, but once they're home, they kind of have a hard time. Well, kindergarten in general, I don't think it's COVID related. Second day, didn't want to go. I got texts from many of my girlfriends, same thing with their kindergartners. Second day, didn't want to go. Uh, <laughs> but of course, after that, they want to go and they're having a great time. We all know that after school, I forget the official name, but the after school, you know, rest- restraint collapse, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went to the class at Encompass and learned some really great things from Jennifer and Megan. And we personally have utilized some of those suggestions when I also drive my kids to school and back that my kids don't ride the bus. Mm -hmm. So we have their weighted stuffed animals in the backseat of the car and they wear the, you know, they're kind of like lap, lap stuffed animals. Mm -hmm. They wear those to school and after school, I pick them up with a little crunchy snack. I don't ask any questions. I learned that was a big one. I think Megan was the one that said, if you won't really want to know something, I'm wondering if you had a good day. (laughs) So those resources have been amazing. Um, Are you aware of the community resources that we have around us? Yeah, I um, actually have found the school district website, the frequently asked questions on COVID that the district put out. Um, It really could answer any sort of lingering question or worry that I've had in sending kids back to full classroom, full day, full lunchroom, full recess. Um, That's been super helpful. So anything I can think of, I go there and I've been able to find that answer that's been that's been super helpful for me yeah I agree with you we're really lucky our district has been so transparent uh the superintendent the principals the counselors the nurses everybody's been really clear and like you said everyone's communicating even more and they did a great job beforehand You're right. Major, major props to our school district. I also really love Encompass. They've been really great. You know, I can call up and ask for parent coaching and, hey, you know, we're dealing with this or I'm worried about this. And um, they're incredible. I really loved the class that they did about the after school restraint collapse. Obviously, we're using some of those skills um, in my own car, and that's really helpful as well. Joining us now is Megan Walsh, a licensed social worker and Encompass's Behavioral Health Program Manager. Thank you for joining us today, Megan. Thanks for having me. 
it's always wonderful to have your insight and experience help us through these things. So understandably, many children will be anxious, nervous, and maybe even scared as they're going back to school after such an unusual last year and a half. So what are some common concerns that kids have with a transition back to school? And do you expect greater concerns this year due to the circumstances? So many things come to mind in a typical back to school season. Sometimes we'll have kids who are going to be in a new school for the first time. Maybe they're starting preschool or kindergarten or middle school or even a new high school. Sometimes we have little ones that are starting a new daycare. There are kids who are transitioning from homeschool or maybe they're moving in from out of the area into our district. And these are really big transitions that happen in non-pandemic times. So absolutely, I think we are going to see an increase in concerns for kids. With the COVID-19 pandemic, we're seeing a lot more stress in people of all ages, really. And so, of course, that's bleeding over into the well-being of our kids. I've seen some kids who are concerned about being uncomfortable, wearing a mask indoors for long periods of time. I've seen other kids who are really, really concerned that their peers or their teachers aren't going to wear their mask properly. They've seen people kind of wear it under their nose or something like that. And that really worries them. For kids who've been socially distancing for a long period of time, returning to school might be the first time they're in a large group of people for over a year. And so social interactions are just automatically going to be more awkward than usual. They might feel forced. They might feel just unnatural to kids and to adults. Kids might be feeling really overwhelmed and exhausted by managing social dynamics in person. They're often used to doing that online now, but in person feels a lot different. And so it's important to remember that every child is really different. And while some kids were really very challenged by distance learning in the past, There are some kids that loved that setting and felt really comfortable in that setting. And some kids thrived in the less socially charged environment, and they may really struggle transitioning back to the constantly shifting social expectations. But really the bottom line as professionals and caregivers, parents with kids, it's important for us to realize that dealing with uncertainty is a skill. And our kids are learning to persist in unknown times. And that's a strength that will lead to resilience when we pair it with connection and support. So what are some common signs that parents and other caregivers might notice if a child is struggling emotionally? So this can look really different based on the age of the child, on their temperament, on their recent experiences. Some kids might get really teary-eyed, They might have trouble separating from their caregiver. Maybe they're extra clingy, or they might even regress in already achieved milestones like sleeping in their own bed or potty training. For other kids, you might see an increase in health-related complaints, like maybe they have a headache more often than usual, or they have a tummy ache frequently. They might reject the whole idea of going back to school and seem super cranky or reactive. They might be really tired sleep more than usual or less than usual. They might withdraw from things that they usually enjoy, or they might have trouble eating what they would typically. All of this is really expected for the first few days of a change like this, or even really a couple weeks. But if it continues longer than that, it might be time to seek out some form of extra support. So a lot of what you said, I think, appear to be fairly 
typical in kind of typical circumstances. But what I think I'm hearing is we might be seeing many of these signs more extremely in many kids. Right, exactly. So what tips do you have for parents and caregivers to help prepare and support children as they transition back to school? I'm glad you asked. So I always recommend that we want to make sure kids have a daily predictable routine. We need to have regular times for meals and naps and night sleep at home. We want to make sure that kids have a rested body and knowing what to expect helps kids cope. So we want to start with that baseline. But then I also think it's really important that we're talking about what's going on. We're normalizing the feelings that kids are having. We want to talk about what might need to shift due to pandemic safety issues and what they should do if they have an issue or need help about it. So reminding kids of all the things that we're doing to stay safe and healthy, that we're wearing masks, that we are social distancing when appropriate, that we're washing our hands and using hand sanitizer um, and getting vaccinated, all of those things that we're really working on can help kids to feel a sense of safety when things feel unsure. But letting kids know that other children and even adults are feeling worried and awkward sometimes, that can really help by letting them know that they're not alone in that. Sharing what's helping you to adjust and letting kids see their parent or an adult in their lives using healthy coping strategies can be really impactful. As people get more stressed and worried, although it feels counterintuitive, we really want to increase our playfulness and our connection, and that's going to help kids feel better too. And for some families, it might mean that they watch a silly movie together or read a funny book. You might decide to have breakfast for dinner or make extra time to head to the park after school. Whatever kind of fills your family's cup, doing that playfully and more frequently can help. We've suggested to families that they schedule in-person times to hang out outside on the playground at kids' school to help them connect with other kids and get used to the setting. Trying to do a role play at pickup and drop-off can be really helpful. You can even go to the school parking lot to practice giving kids body memory of actually driving to the school, gathering their things up, getting out of the car and walking toward the building without the built-in stress of other people around can be a game changer for some kids. Helping them do that in playful ways, like maybe they get out of the car and they walk backwards to the door of the school, or maybe they do a cartwheel up to the door of the school. Just whatever you can do to be a little silly, bring some levity and laughter to the situation can help. Even if school has started, you can make a game out of doing that on the weekends. Figuring out your plan for increasing the playfulness and decreasing distress with your child and then practice implementing it. It's important to not just talk about things. Kids and adults need that body memory of actually doing it. So doing it in funny, silly ways can be really helpful. And then when you're getting ready to actually transition your child to school, it's important to stay calm and reassuring during that transition. You want to use a calm voice. You want to give them the sense that you are confident and that it's going to be okay. I usually coach the parents of kids I see to have a quick handoff with the child that provides a transfer of responsibility and trust. I have parents learn to say things to their kids like, Mrs. Rogers is in charge now and she'll make sure that you get your needs met today. She has my permission to help you 
and I will see you at pickup at three and you can play your favorite music in the car as soon as you get in. Love you. See you in a bit. And then pair that with a quick firm hug and movement toward the door. So you're giving that child the sense that my parent trusts this person to take care of me. You're giving them the sense that they're going to connect with you a little bit later in the day. And you're giving them something to look forward to, maybe playing their own music in the car or you're going to go to the park, whatever it is that you can commit to offering those things and reminding them of those things, giving them a quick hug. So they have that connection to you and then moving towards the door. Sometimes parents get stuck in really delayed, long goodbyes, and that frequently does not go so well. So imparting the connection, imparting the confidence that you have in their provider and giving them that sense that they have a touchstone person who will help them throughout the day can make a big difference. At pickup, it's also really important that kids be greeted by a caregiver who's calm and ready to provide them with support. But that means that the caregiver needs to get their own needs met before interacting with the child. And in today's world, when we're all stressed and things are constantly changing, it's important that we're really intentional about this. So maybe it means that you need to listen to your own calming or maybe energizing playlist. Maybe it means you have a cup of coffee or a glass of water or sandwich. It could mean that you just need to practice some deep breathing and get some movement on your way over there. Stretching at stoplights, whatever you need to do to get what you need so that you can get to your child and give them cues of being a safe person. So children cue off the adults they trust. So it's really important that we're able to be authentic in our willingness and ability to provide support for them when we pick them up after what could be a stressful day at school. So what community supports are there for parents and other caregivers that might be anxious or worried about how their child will adapt? So I think it's really important to connect with your school counselor, your child's teacher, your pediatrician, or maybe a local service provider for therapy and find out what they can offer your child locally. There's usually a wealth of different professionals that are willing to help. I think being in touch also just with friends and neighbors, because we're all going through this together. And I think, you know, different people come up with with supports that can certainly help other people. So I think, you know, appropriate word of mouth can be helpful, too. Absolutely. Talking with your friends and neighbors, talking with people that share your values and beliefs, helping to provide yourself with support is going to be really great for your kids. So can you talk about the supports Encompass has for parents and caregivers and kids who are struggling emotionally? Absolutely. So we offer individual and family behavioral health support services, in addition to two weekly therapeutic movement groups for different ages, a weekly group for kids dealing with challenges around big feelings that we call wave riders, and our new nurture group for kids who struggle with relationship issues. We're also offering a monthly parent workshop on the last Tuesday evening of each month and a weekly parenting series focused on the circle of security curriculum. And that really helps parents learn to recognize the ways that they can support their child's individual developmental needs. We also have recorded versions of our monthly parent workshops that we're more than happy to email to parents if they're interested in that specific topic. As always, excellent tips and excellent resources. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you.
Registration information is available on our website for all of these wonderful classes and other resources. That wraps up our conversations about how we can support families during this year's unusual back to school transition. We heard from two mothers as they shared their experiences and insights, and we got some terrific tips from Encompass's Behavioral Health Manager. For additional resources and to subscribe to the Encompass Parent Talks podcast, please visit our website, www.encompassnw.org. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear about or would like to participate in an episode, send us an email to info at encompassnw.org. Thanks for joining us.